0: Join the guild and secure your ticket to Scott's sale at the best possible price by visiting MaxLawEvents.com.
1: We're only as good as the cases that we have. And unless you have a plan and you have somebody that on a day-to-day basis is working to carry out the plan, how are you going to be successful?
2: Run your law firm the
1: right way. The right way. This is... The Maximum Lawyer Podcast.
2: Maximum Lawyer Podcast.
1: Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm.
2: Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Tyson, I'm really excited about our guest today. I've known Chuck for a long time back from the Ben Glass days. He is a tremendously successful personal injury attorney out of Toledo, Ohio. I got to meet Chuck face to face last year at John Fisher's mastermind experience in DC that Seth Price hosted. I got to sit next to Chuck and, and sitting next to him, just getting to hear all the wisdom and, and the good advice he had on marketing, all the cool things he did. And I got to run a couple things past him. It was a, it was a great benefit. So we've been wanting to have him on the show for a while. We had Anik on last year and, and we're just really glad to have Chuck. I know he listens to the show on his treadmill. So Chuck, welcome to the
1: show. Thanks, guys. I uh, appreciate uh, finally being on the show. I listen to it all the time.
3: All right, Chuck. So tell everybody about your background and how you started your firm. Just give us a little insight into yourself.
1: I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. I went to uh, Bowling Green State University on a debate scholarship. I debated through college, went to law school at the University of Toledo. When I was at law school, I uh, was in a clinic program Uh, prosecutor's clinic, and I got to try like uh, nine jury trials before I became an attorney in the clinic program. I couldn't get a job after I graduated, so I was forced to be a solo practitioner, took court-appointed cases, and got to try a whole ton of cases when I was young. Uh, At the time, it you know, I sure wished I had a job with a firm, but in retrospect, uh, it was a blessing in disguise because I had to start marketing from day one and trying a bunch of cases to get a reputation.
3: And
2: so, Chuck, when did you start your law firm? And, and talk to us about what launching a firm back then was like.
1: I've been practicing since uh, 1983, so I guess this is about 35 years now. I started as a solo practitioner. Eventually, I was in with some other attorneys in a firm that we made ourselves. Those all ended badly. I'm currently in a law firm. It's my firm, Charles E. Boyke law Offices, LLC. We have five attorneys and of counsel and uh, I think 20 staff people. Uh, we do primarily plaintiff's personal injury and some workers' comp and we do a large volume practice of personal injury, everything from uh, med mail, auto accidents, construction accidents, and we're branching off by doing some mass tort stuff too.
3: Chuck, I'm I'm always curious about people that get into personal injury law. You've been doing it for quite a while. What interested you in, in personal injury law?
1: So originally, I, I think I told you I did criminal defense, and then I would have other attorneys that would hire me maybe to try cases, or to handle some of their personal injury cases, because I would basically take anything that would uh, walk in the door. And I think the thing I liked about it, it was trial work. It was helping people and uh, being blunt about it. I enjoyed the the, uh, financial uh, part of it. I mean, you can make a whole lot more money on a personal injury case than you can on your average criminal case. And, I think that was a big part of it, and one thing that was interesting is I saw that the guys who had the best cases made the most money, so to me, it was how do I get these cases because oftentimes the the guy who had had the really good case really didn't even know it was good and didn't know what to do with it.
2: Chuck, tell us your philosophy then and your philosophy now on how to get cases.
1: I mean, I guess I look at it kind of like, you know, like sports recruiting. I'm a big uh, football and basketball fan of college basketball coaches and football coaches and recruiting. And to me, getting cases is kind of like recruiting. Uh, I'm a whole lot better attorney if I have uh, good cases. So what we do now, what I've learned over the years is we have three branches of our recruiting or for getting cases. We have the online branch, which would be web reviews, social media, Google Loco. We have the relationship portion, which would be newsletter, Maven gifts to our best clients, meeting doctors, meeting chiropractors, having lunches with people, And then we have our community and our PR, which would be the various charities we do to uh, get out in the community, scholarships, student-teacher awards, and uh, it also includes we have press releases on all of our big cases, and we have really good relationships with most of the media in town. So to me, marketing is kind of like breathing. You have to do it every day, and um, you have to have the attitude that it's a fun experience. It really is. I mean, I enjoy the marketing just as uh, as much as I uh, enjoy handling the cases.
3: All right, Chuck. So the listeners know the the overarching theme of today is the top strategies for a successful law firm marketing plan. But my question is for you, if you were just starting your law firm today, where would you start with your marketing?
1: The first thing I would do would be the list. And what I mean by that is the list of all your past clients, both the physical address, the uh, mailing address, the email address. So I would have all your past clients, everybody that has ever contacted your firm, all your friends, all your employees' friends, uh, all the judges, all your opponents, and with that list, you could at minimum create a email newsletter. And what we do is. We send a newsletter, both a paper newsletter and an email newsletter to everybody. We produce it in-house, and uh, we have, I think, 25,000 on the e-newsletter list and over 15,000 that we send monthly on the paper newsletter list, and basically market from your herd. And the reason why I'm saying market to your herd is these are people that have either contacted you or have a relationship with you and know you so the first thing i would recommend is keep your list and do something to your list so for example i have some of my young attorneys that have uh, e-newsletters that they send out about themselves and about the community and uh, i'm having them from year one try to come up with their own herd
2: chuck Tell us about how your firm has grown on the back of that marketing. I mean, I think you're very, very humble when it comes to what you've built. But having a a list of 25,000 people that you've you've built basically one person at a time, I think it's pretty remarkable. And, And just talk about that a little bit.
1: So basically, anybody that contacts us gets on the list. Any friend gets on the list, judges, opponents. I mean, we get a large number of referrals from um, insurance defense attorneys, attorneys and other law firms, people we've met in the community. So part of it is like when we communicate people in our newsletter, the newsletter in our communication is not really about us. We might have something about us, but normally I look at it as an attorney. My job is we're storytellers and we tell the stories. Of our clients the successful cases we make them the hero in the story we're not the hero in the story at all we tell the stories of uh, the people in the community our bikes for kids winner our teacher of the month our student of the month of businesses in our community so we look at our relationship is to tell the story and communicate good things and uh, people in the community that have overcome things And we basically you know try to help other people so when we're talking to the news reporters and stuff a lot of times we'll connect them with other attorneys we'll connect them with stories that need to be told I mean all of these reporters for example on a daily basis, they got to come up with something creative and some neat stories, and we try to provide that to them. For local businesses, we try to tell their stories. So, for example, I have a full-time videographer. A lot of times what we'll do is we'll have friends in the business community, and we'll sit and brainstorm their marketing for them. And what we'll do is for free I'll have my videographer create a video telling their story. So the more people you help, the more people you turn on to marketing, the better relationships you have with everybody in the community.
3: That's great. That's really a great example of the the go-giver principles. That's that's pretty awesome. I I don't know many many firms that are doing things like that, so that's, that's really awesome. So Chuck, will you talk a little bit about the different parts of your firm's marketing plan and which of those parts that you think are necessary for every firm?
1: Sure. So the online presence, originally, we were with Foster web marketing for maybe ten ten or fifteen years. They did a great job, and eventually I met Seth Price and Blue Shark Marketing. So currently we're clients of theirs. And here's what I really like about it is we come up with a online plan. So, for example, we use SEO Moz, which is a, a a service out of Seattle where we basically track every month 200 keywords. And for those 200 keywords, we sit there and get what is our Google ranking at the first day of every month. So I can sit there and tell you for these 200 keywords, how many of them I'm on page one, how many, if, if I, am I number one, number two, number three, and then Monica runs me the statistics. And then, based on those statistics, we talk to Seth Price's team at Blue Shark, and then we have goals and strategies of uh, how to move up on every keyword. So part of it is to evaluate how you're doing on your web presence, obviously, you're looking at the number of calls and the number of cases. But what we're trying to do is you know be on page one for every keyword and and try to be one, two, or three. What we've noticed that's massively important when we talk to clients on why they call us off the Internet, it's based on testimonials. So we have over 200 testimonials online, and we have individual goals for every week, every month. So realistically, online, you really have to have goals and a plan. I mean, without goals and a plan you can't accomplish anything. So we don't necessarily meet all of our goals every week, but I think you need to come up with an individualized online plan with goals and with deadlines. I mean, when you listen to like uh, football coaches or basketball coaches talk like Nick Saban they talk about the process and it's the same thing in any business what's the process goals and deadlines and a plan and one of the advantages with Seth Price and Blue Shark is they're a team and they know how to do the backlinks and a lot of uh, the things to add Google juice that I really don't have an expertise in.
2: Chuck what do you think it is about yourself that made you so drawn to the marketing side of things. I know you like trying cases, but you said that you like to do the marketing almost as much. And I know you you guys are really great storytellers. Your, your magazine is a real eye-opener for what, what is possible with content. What do you think is Bro, about yourself about your background?
1: I think uh, when I was young and I realized, like I said, to me, You know, one of my favorite things is to sign up a really new, fantastic case. So I understand that a lot of firms have people that do the intakes and everything, but we rate cases like A, B, C, D, F. And if we get a fantastically large, neat, A case, I love to go out to the people's house, to meet them, to see what their house is. I don't mind running out to the hospital and signing up a great case because to me that gives myself and my firm an opportunity to help somebody and turn somebody's life around to tell somebody's story and to me, it's like a new project, a new toy for me to play with to meet somebody that I've never met before and the opportunity to tell their story. So for me, the marketing is my way of getting the really neat new cases uh, that I can deal with. So another example you talked about was the our magazine. So we have a magazine at the end of every year. We keep track of like our biggest cases and we tell, we pick about 10 of their stories, and we have pictures, we tell the story, we talk about their low portions of it, and then we talk about how they've recovered. So for example, our our lead story in this um, magazine in 2018 is a woman who was hit by a drunk driver, uh, lost both legs, and now is learning to walk again and is becoming a motivational speaker, and we talk about and tell her story. The reason I came up with a magazine is I was once meeting with some clients in a hospital and they were doing a beauty pageant where four or five different attorneys would meet with them and I didn't get the case. And the reason I was mad was I had a specific exactly on the point past case and I told them the story, but I knew if I had a magazine and I could show them the story that I'd handled this case, that this person had a great result that I could have gotten the case so we create the magazine and in the magazine we also put in all the winners of our community involvement situation if anybody wants to uh, get a, a paper and uh, PDF of our magazine feel free to contact us and we'll send that out to you Annika is proud of it she did a great job and uh, I'm sure we're, we're happy to uh, give you all of that information
3: Chuck, I'm glad you mentioned Monica because that's a nice segue to my question. So you have Annika working for you, and she's a real rock star, and she, she works on your community marketing and does a lot of marketing for you. At what point did you realize that you needed a full-time person to do your marketing stuff?
1: You know, being blunt about it, I don't think I could do it without a full-time marketing person. And you're right. I mean, she is extremely passionate about this. She's very personable you know, she takes all of this stuff personally as far as helping people. So I kind of think I was very lucky because Annika one of these people that have, I call, call it the likability gene, meaning everybody likes her, but she's, she's extremely good. But you really need somebody to figure out and do the day-to-day stuff on the marketing. So, I mean, I think as soon as you can afford it, and I think you almost cannot not afford it. You need to get a full-time marketing person. I know, Jim, you're in strategic coach and I'm in strategic coach, and I'm the type of person on my Kobe profile that is really great at coming up with the great ideas, but actually doing the day-to-day work is something, as far as the marketing, I'm not really good at. I like the ideas and I like the results, but I'm not the one who does the day-to-day work. So I think a marketing director is essential. I mean, realistically, we're only as good as the cases that we have, and unless you have a plan and you have somebody that on a day-to-day basis is working to carry out the plan, how are you going to be successful?
2: I really like the analogy that coaches are only as good as their players and that lawyers are only as good as their, as their cases. I think that's, that's a great analogy. How has your firm grown over the years? What does it look like now? Where do you see things headed?
1: So I have uh, myself, four other attorneys and of counsel and about 20 staff people. We're starting to expand into mass torts. That's an intriguing part of the practice. We're talking to other law firms as far as like retiring attorneys about buying their practices. So I want to expand, but I don't want to get too big. I still want to Spend my time about 50% of the time on marketing and running the business, and maybe 50% of the time on handling some of the top cases and then working on strategy with the other attorneys. I mean, I'm 60 years old now, and you know, I never really want to retire. I mean, this is too much fun.
3: Chuck, what is it that you struggle with the most?
1: Management of people. I don't enjoy managing people. I don't really like that at all so that's that's really difficult for me I have an office manager that helps out a lot I like uh, strategizing the cases and I like strategizing the marketing the big-picture stuff so that that's what I enjoy the most
2: before I heard of Chuck Boyk really the only thing I knew about Toledo was that was where Klinger was from on mash and now whenever I think about Toledo I think about Chuck and about the community of Toledo and how your marketing is really geared towards Toledo. Talk to us a little bit about what it's like to be a big fish in in a smaller city.
1: It's really fun to be part of the community. So, we have a community where I grew up here. I live like in in rural Bowling Green. You know, it's a situation where most of the attorneys know each other. We know most of the media people. I know the mayor. The mayor comes in and uh, pets our dogs and stuff like that, even though we sue them on a regular basis. So it's kind of a, a nice situation where you know everybody. I think either I've represented you know, most people or I've sued them. So it kind of seems kind of, uh, kind of uh, fun and entertaining from that perspective. But it's nice because we can get active in the community. So I went to Toledo Public Schools, which isn't the um, – necessarily the the best rated school system and we have a program where we have the teacher of the month and the student of the month and we're friends with the administrator and you know one of the interesting things is that's about the only school district around that i don't sue anymore i pretty much sue every other one except for them because we have the charity with them bikes for kids is really good annika has it such that we're on tv she's on tv with the winner two or three times a week, every week of the summer. So it's neat because it's kind of our community. And by doing lots of things in the community, we can feel good about ourselves. The employees feel good about being active in the community. And it's kind of just the right thing to do. So, you know, it's fun to be in a community and be an active participant.
3: All right. So Chuck, hopefully I can a- ask this question in the right way without sounding too offensive to some firms. But so when you're a smaller firm, you can sort of use the bigger volume firms as the boogeyman and say, you know, you can't hire them because, you know, the, all they do is kind of push cases through and we, we do decent work, yada, yada, yada. And it seems like you've been able to, as you grow, as you've grown, to not become that boogeyman. So how have you done that? Is it, is it through the community marketing? Is there other stuff that you've done to, to prevent your firm from becoming that boogeyman?
1: What we have a lot of Cleveland and Columbus law firms that do a lot of TV advertising. We have a lot of solicitation letters that are allowed under Ohio law. So there's a lot of of that. I think uh, we try to be regular people. So, so one of the examples are we have uh, dogs in our office. So we have like two or three dogs in our office at any given time. We promote the dogs. If somebody comes into our office, unless it's a dog bite case, we have dogs running all over the place in the office. We have toy chests for kids whenever they come in the office that they can get that information. I make sure that all of our attorneys on their card have their cell phone numbers and are willing to take uh, phone calls from clients. I mean, I talk to clients over the weekend on on a regular basis if they need it. I think we just try to be regular people and not try to, you know, act like we're too important for anybody else. And I think that's what all of my attorneys and staff are, are just regular people. So we look at these people as as friends. We encourage clients if you have a divorce, a landlord tenant or any of that stuff to call us and we'll refer you to a good attorney. I mean, we're not going to do those cases, but we refer them out. So we try to, you know, like the old saying, people do business with people they like and trust, and we try to be people that you would like and trust. So I think just trying to be the common person.
2: Chuck, with four or five other attorneys in your office, talk to us a little bit about your mindset when it comes to marketing those other attorneys that aren't Chuck Boyk. How, how do you view that?
1: So each one of our attorneys has a unique personality. The one one guy has a, a really good background in working for a mass tort firm. So we have him write blogs We publicize him in the newsletter, and we talk about our mass tort of the month, and we talk about his expertise. We have a young attorney who just came over from an insurance defense firm who is the editor-in-chief of the law review. We talk about her background. We have her write articles and blogs on what the insurance company is really trying to accomplish and the secrets uh, from the insurance company. We have another young attorney, Leah Michael. She's actually going to be with Annika at your event in St. Louis. She has an e-newsletter where she has um, the likability gene, too, and she's really active in local politics. And so we have her have her own e-newsletter, and she has uh, a neat little dog, and she talks about the adventures of her and her French bulldog. So we've tried to personalize them, unique uh, to their their own likes another attorney I have Mike Bruno he's a board certified super lawyer whose background is He did death penalty cases in a prosecutor's office, and then he was Allstate's top insurance defense attorney. He's going to start a podcast, and he's just going to uh, drive people around in his car like Jerry Seinfeld, local people, and and talk about the great uh, things in Toledo, Ohio, and what are the best places uh, to go to, and we're going to personalize him and local people and tell their stories.
3: I love it, Chuck. These are a ton of great ideas and just like a lot of great information. And I could talk to you all day and ask you questions all day. This is, this is fantastic, but I do want to be respectful of your time. So I'm going to sort of wrap things up, but before we do next week, Jimmy, is our conference. Do you want to talk a second about that?
2: Yes. We're really excited about everyone coming. The registration is going to close this week. So the conference will be on May 17th and 18th in St. Louis. Um, We're getting pretty close to 70 folks registered, and that's pretty exciting for our first time out. So we're excited about that.
3: Really good stuff. Jimmy, before we get to your hack of the week, I do want to remind everyone, go to the Facebook group. There's a lot of engagement going on there. Uh, People like Annika, people like Chuck are on there sharing a, a wealth of information. Jimmy, you and I don't even have to post that much anymore. Usually, uh, listeners and members of the group posting things, ideas, questions, polls, and things like that. It's a lot of great information. Also, please go to wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever. Give us a five-star review if you enjoy the podcast. Uh, Jimmy, what is your hack of the week?
2: So, for my hack of the week, it's a Chrome extension that I stumbled across off our friend Gary Vaynerchuk, and it's called Tangle. And if you download the Chrome extension, whenever you're on an article, you can see how popular it is, it shows you how much it's been shared, and then if it's something that's really trending, you can you can share it yourself. So I just started playing around with it, but it's pretty nifty.
3: Really cool. Chuck, you listen to the podcast, you know the routine. So do you have a tip for us?
1: One thing that I just uh, did was I got a local library card and what I do is I listen to audiobooks. A lot of the audiobooks that are on your site or on John Fisher's site you can get online for free, um, and I just use my local library card. Don't have to go to the library. I download the books, and they have just – my local library has thousands and thousands of books, and I just uh, listen to it while I exercise. So it doesn't cost you anything, and uh, it's a great source of free entertainment.
3: It's a really good idea. Jimmy actually told me he did that, I don't know, like three or four years ago, and I I started doing that, so it's a, a great idea. My tip of the week, I'm going to give you two books because I think they go together. These were recommended to me by Ryan McKean. One of them is called Traction. The other one is Get a Grip, and they're both by Geno Wickman. Um, I took Ryan's advice, and I read Get a Grip first and then Traction. Because it, he's right, it does just make more sense to put things into context for you. It's basically a game plan for how to how to run your firm or run any business. It's it's really interesting with detailed checklists and and diagrams, flowcharts. It's really interesting and it's very very detailed. And so I recommend getting the paper copy of Traction. Um, if you want to, you can listen to Get a Grip, but Traction is is kind of like a workbook in a way. It's not a workbook, but if you follow their advice, it's going to be like a workbook. So I highly recommend those. They're very, very detailed and very good. So that is my tip of the week. Chuck, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. A lot of great information. We really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, guys. Great show, fellas. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.